Hello, this is Savannah DeVore from the Editing Podcast, and I'm here with my older sister, Sydney, who is a second-year medical school student and did her undergraduate at Cornell University. This episode will be a two-parter. In the first part, I'm going to interview my older sister, and in the second part, I'm going to talk about my college experience. So this episode will solely focus on Sydney and her college journey, but the next part, which will come out next week, will focus on me and my college journey. Enjoy! So, Sydney went to a college that was bigger than mine, and the college that I go to is very small. So, Sydney, can you tell me a little bit about what the class sizes at Cornell were like? So, I believe there were around 15,000 students in our class. That did include master's students and graduate students since Cornell's university. I believe in my major, there were maybe 1,500 students in biology. It was definitely very, very large. For example, for my freshman general chemistry class, like that everybody takes, I think there were about 800 freshmen and sophomores who were taking Gen Chem 1. So 800 people in one class. Wow. So you were like in a lecture hall type thing. Yes, definitely a big lecture hall. I remember we had two different lecture times, but for finals, they would have everyone together and just seeing the tables for like literally 700, 800 students to all take a final together in the huge indoor arenium at Cornell, that was definitely very just awe-dropping, seeing everybody together. Okay. So what, so you're, you lived on campus and I commuted. Can you tell us a little bit about what living on campus at a big university was like? Well, my first year, I lived in the townhouses. So instead of a traditional dorm experience, I lived with three other girls in basically a two-story house. I did have a roommate because there were two bedrooms. It had two stories, and it was a little bit different. I think it could be great if you're close with the girls or whoever it is that you're living with to live in that type of arrangement. However, I think the advantage of living in a traditional dorm is that you're exposed to just many, many, many more people. So that could be good or bad. It might be louder in a traditional dorm, but in a traditional dorm like that, you have more chances to meet people that you might be friends with. Sometimes I appreciated the quiet just because I studied a lot, but sometimes I thought that it would be nice to be surrounded by more people other than the three people that I lived in the house with. Do you have any advice on staying healthy since you're living in a building with other people? Well, my townhouse actually had a full kitchen with a stove, microwave, dishwasher, so I could have made food myself, which actually could have been a great idea since I have so many food allergies. However, I did use the cafeteria a lot because I had so many um, things going on and I also didn't have a car. So one thing I will say is try to choose healthier options when you go to your dining hall or cafeteria. Cornell Dining is actually very good. They're very accommodating of vegan students, vegetarian students, and gluten-free students, and people like me with food allergies. So I was able to find things that I could have, and they had, you know, salads, lean meats. I looked for things that were not deep-fried. I tried to limit my amounts of red meat that I ate, as well as processed carbs. I really enjoyed the cooked vegetables that they had, especially. So I didn't gain a lot of weight in college. Partly because I was so active, that's another tip, go to the gym a lot, do a sport, things like that. And also because I think I did a good job of simply not overeating. You know, you simply don't need to eat french fries every day. There's no reason you need to be eating pizza 
every day and there's no reason that you need to have ice cream or even worse multiple things of ice cream after every meal i worked in the dining hall at cornell for several semesters so i definitely saw how a lot of students poor eating habits and poor decision making skills in the dining hall can contribute to bad overall health dining as with many things in college is an act of choice on your part so make good choices so do you have any advice for students who are living on campus? Maybe this is their first time living away from home. What type of advice are you referring to? Like advice for like how to get along with your roommate, that sort of thing. Well, in terms of living advice, my experience might be a little different than other people just because I did live in the townhouses. But I would say at the beginning of the year, like try to establish like some sort of roommate agreement or contract. For example... How late are you going to leave the lights on in the room if you have a roommate? What are you going to do if somebody has a friend over? What are you going to do if somebody gets locked out of the room? Can there be music playing without headphones? Things like that. That'll save you a lot of stress down the road. And if you have an RA, oftentimes you can help the or the RA can help you if you have a disagreement, if they can look at your roommate contract. I think my school actually mandated everybody at the very beginning of freshman year to have like some sort of roommate agreement or contract. And it just definitely helps make sure you're all on the same page. You can prevent a lot of disagreements if you know ahead of time what bothers people. Like if somebody is an early sleeper, like and you know that it bothers them if you're loud past 10 p.m. or have the lights on, then you know not to do that and you won't have fights or stress. Ideally, I mean, of course, some people can be unreasonable and I definitely have had my share, fair share of roommate situations that were not great at all. But I mean, for a person who's reasonable, having a roommate agreement at the beginning of the year can really help. Okay, so next I wanted to talk about academics. So you went to Cornell, which is a academically rigorous school has an academically rigorous school program. Do you have any study tips for incoming students? So I think it does depend on what you're studying. My opinion is very biased because I am a biology major. And so I only took mostly STEM classes. So the first tip I have is to go to office hours or your school's like free tutoring center, even when you don't have questions. I would just go there literally every single day to do my homework. And I think that because I went so often, I was able to meet people, form relationships with TAs, and also hear what the other students were asking about. For example, maybe you don't have a question about the homework, but if you hear what other people are asking, the professor or the TAs about it, you'll learn more than if you didn't go at all and just stayed home. And that definitely helped me out a lot of times, listening to other people's questions. So go to office hours a lot. Okay, so next I wanted to talk about mental health. Okay, so now we're going to talk about mental health. So obviously in college it's stressful because you have homework and some people are living away from home for the first time. So do you have any advice on how to manage your mental health? Yes, I think that being, first of all, making sure that you have a good self care like routine is important. And when I say self-care, I literally just mean the things that you do to take care of yourself. As I mentioned earlier, one reason that eating a healthy diet is so important is because it affects your health and your mood. So eating good nutrition foods, like lots of vegetables, not too much fried or processed foods, that's important for self-care because if you're not healthy, you can't think and you won't feel very good. Having good sleep hygiene. 
I know it can be hard, but like try to make sure that you have a good sleep routine. So for example, if you're going to be one of those people who stays up late every night, that's fine. But I would try to make it as consistent as possible because if you sleep well, you'll feel better. Your body will be able to fight off sickness better and you'll also be able to do better. So highly recommend having a good sleep schedule. Fitness, if possible. Like part of making sure that you have good mental health and you're taking care of your body is making sure that you're exercising. Maybe that's just walking to class sometimes instead of walking the bus. Maybe you have a gym membership. Maybe you do a club sport. Um, I believe research has shown that exercise can really positively impact your mood and your well-being. So I definitely would recommend doing some sort of exercise. And it can even be simple as like dancing in your dorm rooms like your favorite song. And then another way that you can improve your mental health is to try and make time for things that you enjoy. It can be as simple as maybe you watch YouTube videos during dinner at the dining hall instead of answering emails. Or maybe you call a friend or catch up on a Netflix video. Um, all those things, they might seem small, but they really add to like your overall quality of life. And then also make sure not to abuse alcohol or drugs or use things that are not prescribed to you. Be very, very careful about these substances. Like I know that many, I'm sorry, not medical students. Well, yes, medical students, but many college students do drink alcohol. Make sure it's not to excess and make sure that you are practicing safe habits if you do choose to drink alcohol. And then when it comes to drugs, like just don't use anything that's not prescribed to you, please. Like definitely that can impact your mental health, your self-care, your ability to function, anything like that. Okay, awesome. So you started... An Instagram page after your, well, I guess in your senior year, right? It was actually right before my junior year of college began, so the summer after my sophomore okay, year. So you started an Instagram page that gives advice to students who are applying to medical school or are in medical school. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I started my Instagram page during the summer after my sophomore year of college because I was studying for the MCAT, which is the big exam that you need to take before you get into medical school. And it was during the pandemic. I didn't really know anybody in person who was taking the MCAT. And I knew on social media that people kind of connected with each other. And I hoped that maybe by sharing my study routine, I could get advice from people who had taken the MCAT already and maybe hold myself accountable. And over the past couple of years, I've gained over like 20,000 followers and it's transformed into not just a place where I share about my life, but now I'm in the position where I'm able to provide advice to people, which is very special. I run my own business where I offer application support. I edit personal statements, activity sections, and secondary applications for people who are applying to medical school. And I also enjoy working with different brands who offer resources that pre-med students and medical students might be able to use. For example, companies who offer practice questions or practice exams for students, companies who offer certifications so that you can get clinical experience to become a competitive applicant. It's been a very good experience working with these brands and learning how to run my own business myself. And I definitely think that my favorite part of having an Instagram account is being able to interact with so many people. My content reaches millions of pre-med and healthcare professional students and healthcare professionals around the world. And getting messages from people who are like, thank you so much for sharing advice. I got into my top choice program. Thank you for editing my personal statement. I got into my top choice MD PhD program. Thank you so much for encouraging me. I'm talking to my therapist about getting antidepressants. Like getting messages like that is so encouraging and that's why I do what I do. Okay, that's awesome to hear about. If you want to check out Sydney's 
Instagram page. Can you give the the listeners your handle? Oh yes, my Instagram account is called Just Becoming Doctor Devore, and I think it's a lot of fun to be able to connect with people. So yeah, hope to see you there. Okay, awesome. So in addition to your Instagram page, I think I think I remember you talking about you definitely you worked in the dining hall. So how did you manage an Instagram page? working in the dining hall and schoolwork? Well, to be honest, I was only doing those three things at one time after I'd gotten into medical school. So after I got into medical school, I joined Cornell's club gymnastics team. I was continuing to run my Instagram page. I started working with brands more. And I started working actually two different jobs in two different dining halls on Cornell's campus in addition to all my tutoring stuff. So I was working a bunch of different jobs at once. It helped, I guess, time-wise that I didn't really have a social life. Like, not having friends that you get together with or talk with every day, that does open up a lot of time to have an additional job. I'm not saying that you should, like, ditch your friends and stop talking to people if you want to make money, but I'm just saying that, logistically speaking, if you're a social introvert like me who doesn't really talk to people, then that will open up a lot of extra time for you to make money if you, I guess, wanted something else to do with your time. I really liked having so many jobs just because, A, the campus dining jobs gave me opportunities to meet really amazing people from the Cornell students and the Ithaca surrounding communities. And I also got to learn some really awesome skills. For example, I learned how to work deep fryers. I learned how to toss pizza dough correctly. I learned all about food and healthcare sanitation policies that I'll remember for the rest of my life. And of course, I got plenty of free meals and I was able to save money on food because of that. And I got great work experience. So definitely recommend having a job. And in terms of time management, don't take too many jobs that you can handle. Like I worked maybe five jobs during that time, but I was able to manage them all just because, again, I was a senior who'd already been accepted to medical school. But yeah, I think you just have to know what your schedule is and know what your limits are and don't take on too many responsibilities. Like Instagram is great because it's a very flexible job. I can shoot reels and earn money on my own time and it's not like working a traditional shift the way you would in a dining hall or some other job. Okay, so is there a job in particular that you would recommend to college students? Um, I think working on campus is great because it's very convenient. Um, you just walk to wherever your job is. And oftentimes students have to pay for food anyway, so why not work in a dining hall and get a free meal on your shift? It's also a great place to make friends. If you're looking to make friends, I recommend doing a club sport and also working an on-campus job because you'll probably meet other people who are college students who are also, I mean, you have something in common in that you're already college students. So plenty of things to talk about. And I definitely miss some of my Cornell dining coworkers to this day. Okay, that's awesome to hear. So now for highs and lows, what's the high of your college career? I would say one of the highs was being able to design an organic chemistry prep course with some of the other Cornell TAs to help students during the pandemic. We were able to design our own free virtual summer course. It was seven weeks long and it was to help teach them organic chemistry before they started taking the real organic chemistry at Cornell the next fall because we knew at Cornell that minority and low SES students were less likely to do well in organic chemistry as their white and wealthy peers. So to combat that issue, we decided, okay, we'll help teach you the foundations of organic chemistry during the summer before you take the class, because organic chemistry is very, very important if you're a pre-med or a pre-health or like a pre-PA or pre-PhD student. So I got to design lectures and present lectures I got to evaluate applications for our program. 
I enjoyed running the website and the YouTube channel. Um, I think that that experience was one of the highest just because I really love teaching. And again, being able to design your own lectures and give presentations in front of lots of students and whoever's tuning in on the internet, that definitely was a very valuable experience and I loved it, loved it, loved it. I also got to write my own exams for the program and worksheets and lead a study um, group that met twice a week. And seeing our students improve and meeting them on campus and hearing them say, thank you so much for designing this course. I took organic chemistry and I got an A in it. It's because you did such a good job presenting this concept over the summer. Like that definitely like made my entire like experience. Wow. Yeah. I Loved remember watching you like I wasn't part of it, but I remember watching how much work you put into it and all the meetings that you went through and being super impressed that you like did all this stuff. We got to be in the Cornell newspaper. Um, the Cornell newspaper interviewed some professors who had supported us in creating the course, and they interviewed me and a couple of the other TAs who had created it, and I think it was a great way to show how much we cared for the Cornell minority community. It's very hard being a minority student, especially if you don't have a lot of support from home or if you're low income and you don't have a lot of resource. So being given a free organic chemistry boot camp, I was really grateful for the ability to serve our community and leave a lasting impact since all the lectures and such is still on the website and YouTube channel. So future generations of Cornell students can still take advantage of all the work we put on. Okay. Awesome. So what's the low of your college career? I think just real, I hit like a low when I was in my, um, near the end of my senior freshman semester, I was like very depressed because I realized that like I got accepted to a lot of medical schools. I achieved all the goals I set for myself being at Cornell. I had like a lot of leadership positions and great extracurriculars, but I was actually very depressed because I actually hadn't made like any like real friends to talk to. And so I was kind of lonely and senior year, everyone's getting ready for graduation. People are spending time with their friends, taking photos, you know, doing fun things like that. I didn't have anyone to do those things with and it was very, very, very depressing. Very, very, very depressing. Like, I almost didn't want to go to my own college graduation, even though I had a lot of things to celebrate. I was very miserable. I ended up starting my journey with, like, therapy and meds later on during senior year and afterwards. And I'm happy I got that all in order before I started medical school because medical school was able to be a much better experience with those supports. But, yeah, I think being depressed during the second semester and like the end of the first semester of my senior year of college at Cornell, definitely the low of my time there. Oh, that's, that's unfortunate, but I'm glad we're, you're working on improving it in medical school. Yes. Well, anyway, thank you for coming on the podcast, Sydney. Do you like, to, oh, you already gave them your Instagram handle, but are you on any other social media accounts? Um, I do have a TikTok account that is also named Becoming Dr. DeVore. But TikTok has limited opportunities for creators to interact with their followers. So I definitely would say I have a much better community on Instagram. And I love being able to interact with my followers. I host weekly Q&A sessions during the summer where people can ask me questions about being a pre-med or being a Cornell alum or how I've adjusted to medical school or med school study tips or pre-med study tips or college study tips or life tips or anything. And I think it's a lot more fun. So, yeah, hope to see you guys on there. Okay, thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at anything underscore I, or, sorry, A-N-Y-T-H underscore I-N-G podcast. And I'm working on a Facebook page, so you might be able to follow the podcast on Facebook soon. Anyway, bye!